0: You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony. The new novel by Vendela Vida is The Diver's Clothes Lie Empty. It's a meditation on identity and story. Vendela, I think one of the things that I find interesting about all fiction in this piece of work in particular is the way that we use a story to define our identities and this character finds herself kind of at the end of her previous identity and in, in a new country and then finds a good reason to leave that identity behind because you talk about creating the story going forward and the story going backward this is like a story that moves in two directions at once
1: well, my character arrives in Casablanca and shortly upon her checking into her hotel, her backpack is stolen. In her backpack was her passport, her laptop, a camera that she's bought with pictures of her newborn niece and, many, and money <laughs> and her credit cards, <laughs> most importantly, especially when traveling, passport and money. And so she um, she goes to the police station and she is offered the opportunity to actually take on someone else's identity through a series of, of events. And I know this doesn't sound believable when I describe it like that, but in the book, I try to make it as believable as possible and set it up. But she has to constantly keep evolving and changing her identity um, for many reasons. One, because she's using someone else's credit card and she doesn't want to get caught. She's worried that the person who actually owns the credit card might cancel them at some point. Um, And soon she also realizes that in order to keep getting money, she has to get a job. So a chance encounter with a producer who's uh, working on a movie that's being filmed in Casablanca, as many movies are, because they have a great film school in Casablanca. She becomes a stand in for a famous American actress. So she's there to help this actress and the director block the scenes um, and stand there for the actress while the lighting is being adjusted. So that's her own evolution of identity. But the other evolution is the life that she's trying to leave behind. Um, she had something very unfortunate happen to her before depart- her departure for Casablanca. So that we don't know exactly, the reader doesn't know exactly what that is until the book progresses. But it also makes it so she's a character who, although obviously burdened by the fact that she has no identity, in some ways finds it very liberating because she suddenly has the chance to escape her past and be anyone she wants
0: to be. Twins have played an aspect in your fiction. I'm wondering, are, are there twins in your family somewhere?
1: I have no twins in my family. I. I've always been very interested in in twins in fact at one point the diver's Clothes light empty had way too many sets of twins and I had to take a few out cuz there were twins everywhere and I, I, you know, you can you can play with the metaphor of mirrors and doubles and this okay, this book definitely explores the concept of twinship and mirroring and doubles a lot And the whole but I felt like you can't have too many twins <laughs> I can't overdo it
0: one of the things that makes this book really kind of scary is this kind of economic uh, fear. I think that we are heading towards—actually, uh, I think we've pretty much already arrived at the creation of a new genre of fiction, like science fiction or mystery or horror, uh, the economic genre of fiction. Um, stories that are driven at, at, largely or in part by money or, more importantly, lack thereof this character finds herself without any money and I think that's one of the it's amazing how frightening that prospect is to be cut off not only from money but from the possibility of even getting money.
1: Well it's always been sort of a pet peeve of mine in fiction when I don't know how a character has the means to live the lifestyle that they're that they're living. <laughs> and, you know, you <laughs> you see it a lot in movies where people have these these fabulous New York apartments and their job, if you do the math, you realize they probably couldn't afford that um, apartment in their entire lives given the job that they're giving, which is usually something like a graphic designer. Movies love to give the job graphic designer to people because I think it implies artistic, but also um, means they have a real job and also means, also because no one really necessarily needs to know what a graphic designer does on a day-to-day basis. So (laughs) movies love to do that. And I've always been very aware of the, the lack of a discussion of money in, in books, which is why I've always been really interested in an anthology about work that David Gates edited a number of years ago. And it it was all the stories in the book had to do with work and professions, because I feel like work is just something that's not written about enough in fiction. I'm always really interested in people's jobs. That's how we spend half our lives. right? <laughs> <laughs> half our lives are not spent at weddings and dealing with family stuff. It's, it's really a, a lot of our, our life has to do with work. And so I've always been really... Um, intent on showing how a character makes money and how a character feels when they don't have money,
0: and your character does have to get a job. And I think that uh, when once she, she does, these kind of uh, identities start to multiply, and she starts to have to tell lies. And there, one of the things about lying is is that there's a lot of comedy involved once you get going in that. And I think this book is is really pretty funny.
1: Well, thank you for thinking it's funny. That was my, my intention when I set out to write this book was to accommodate humor. I wanted this situation to be uncomfortable, but I also wanted there to be room for, for humor because in previous novels that I've written, I felt like there was a certain point after which I could not allow myself to be funny. When I was writing Let the Northern Lights Erase Your Name, there was a lot of dark humor, black comedy in the f- first half of the book. And then Something tragic happens after which there's no room for humor in the book. So when I was writing it, I had to keep a post-it note above my desk that said, "This terrible thing has happened. You can no longer be funny. Do not be funny." And I had to look at that every day to remind myself that I did not no longer have the capacity for humor. The story would not would not allow for it, or the to, you know the tone would switch, and I think readers would be very confused by the tone. But so when I set out to write the diver's clothes lie empty, I knew that I wanted to allow the situation and the character. To be humorous,
0: landscape plays an important part in this book because it's Casablanca is feels like almost a cardboard town in some ways, where you could just knock everything down, and out, you're surrounded by trackless desert, and that would allows the characters um, character to expand out into the universe, or the collapsed the universe to collapse into the character, so. Did you travel to Casablanca for this book? And if so, um, just talk about the um, influence of that kind, the landscape there.
1: I did travel to Casablanca um, with my husband on a vacation and I went there with no intention of setting a novel there. But while I was there, my backpack was unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, in retrospect, my backpack was stolen and I found myself in the chief of police office talking to him about the theft of my backpack and whether it would ever be returned. I was obviously really upset because it had a laptop computer on which I had a novel that I had not backed up sufficiently or recently. And while I was sitting there with the chief of police and the detectives who were kind of sitting the way detectives do, you know, in 70s movies, they weren't really sitting in chairs. They're all kind of leaning against their desks. I suddenly realized that the loss of identity and loss of a passport would be appropriate beginning for a novel about identity that I'd been wanting to write and then kind of been circulating in my head. So as as I was sitting in the police station, I realized I had found the opening to my novel. I suddenly became the most excited person, I think, that the chief of police had ever seen sitting in that same chair. And I'm sure my, my behavior really confused them. To answer your question about landscape, there was one city in Morocco that we visited, not Casablanca, but a city called Meknes that has a really, um, really maze-like structure in the in the souks and the bazaars. And I remember getting lost several times there. I tried to take notes about which direction I had turned right or left and tried to mark down landmarks, but I got, got lost. And I thought that was a great metaphor for what I wanted my character to go through in the book. So definitely the landscape of this town of Meknes really inspired the character's journey as well
0: it's a terrorizing journey in that i think that uh this idea of getting lost on your way to yourself is it's a pretty scary thing
1: i think that it is scary there's you know there's i guess the the easy answer is you have to lose yourself to find yourself or whatever that you know maxim is but i think that i think that is something i've always been really interested in is rites of passage and identity and how do we become somebody else? Is it because someone tells us we're somebody else? Is it because we go through a ritual? Is it because we've had something that's for, as occurred in our lives that's forever changed us? I had a professor when I was at Columbia, I went there for um, for graduate school in writing and I had a professor there once who said that he defined a short story this way. A short story is something that happens after which nothing will ever be the same again. And I always use that as kind of my barometer for whether something was a story or not, you know, okay? <laughs> and, um, whether it and whether something was a novel. And if you if you think about that, all novels have that in common. All stories really have that in common, even if this change is very small. Even if it's a very small change, that, you know, say the end of the New Yorker story, there's like a small revelation. Still, something has happened in that story after which nothing will ever be the same again. And I think that is the same thing with identity. Um, your identity changes. When there's something that happens... That so profoundly affects you, you will never be the same again.
0: I've been speaking with Vendela Vida. Her new novel is The Diver's Clothes Lie Empty. Thank you for joining me, Vendela.
1: Thank you, Rick. It's, it's always such a pleasure to talk with you on your show. Thank you.
0: You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom slash agony.